Look, Simba. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And this will all be mine? Everything. Everything the light touches. What about that shadowy place? That's beyond our borders. You must never go there, Simba. But I thought a king can do whatever he wants. Oh, there's more to being king than getting your way all the time. There's more? <laughs> Simba. Welcome to Geek's Watch, where nostalgia finds a giant hairy beast and spits out a podcast all about 80s and 90s nerd culture. And this week, you guys, we invite you to bring the kids into the room, turn up the stereo, as Geek's Watch teaches your kids all about the circle of life. Mm, that might be a bad idea, though, to be honest with some of us <laughs> on here, though. So let's go ahead and just leave the kids out of it, and let's talk about probably one of the greatest animated movies of all time, The Lion King. Um, I am Brandon Kramer tonight, and I will be your royal hornbill for the evening. I'm going to say hi to the rest of the pride. How you like all them Lion King puns, guys? It's very, <coughs> very nice. You're doing great. Everyone's very referential. Everyone's all right, cool. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Colin, what's up, man? Oh, man. I'm good. I actually watched this um, <clears throat> It's just recently. This is one of my favorites, but um, it's a lot more dark than i remember like i've been toying with the idea of showing this to my three-year-old son and i'm like ah maybe we want to wait just a little Dude, bit longer yeah we're, we'll we'll get into it here in a minute but mm-hmm. it's probably like okay let's let's leave that aside for now but um yeah i couldn't think of it i was gonna ask you guys like what your favorite like disney animated movie of the time period was i kind of put that into the show so mm-hmm. we're just gonna do simple intros tonight no questions no trivias alex what's up Oh hey, hi, hello. Hi, um, there you are. My name is Alex, and I'm here to I'm here to turn my hat backwards and sit in a chair and, and rap with these these utes about the Lion King. Let's go. <laughs> You're gonna go full JT, full yeah, JTT yeah. on us. Absolutely. You know what I was talking about JTT yesterday with two uh, two friends of ours who are both 25, I think, um, 24 and 25 maybe. We're over here, uh, and I said something. I met, we re- we referenced a guy with a bowl cut, and then I brought up JTT because naturally. Um, and they were like, wait, who? And I was like, Jonathan Taylor oh. Thomas. Cause I thought maybe they didn't hear what I said. I was like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. They're like, um, hmm? what? <laughs> that, that's what I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is, this is, this is why we're in the dark timeline. Like this is it. <laughs> fucking kids don't know about goddamn JTT, man. <laughs> Caleb, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? Uh, my sister was in the fan club. So uh, there were there was a signed picture I think in her bedroom growing up. Uh, I never thought he was all that in a bag of chips. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, come on. But um, I mean, I watched a lot of Home Improvement. Uh, let's put it that way. I did. I did like that show. I did. I also was forced to go see the movie he was in with Chevy Chase, which we uh-huh. talked which about. We, yeah. you sure which we argued about at length. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is the step stepdad, right? Yeah, the one where he like t- gets him out of the jungle, right? Like jungle Wait. to jungle, or, or no, the other one. man of that's the house. a different one. 
No, Man we're talking about the one. Yeah, we're talking about Man the Boy Scouts. That's okay. No, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Those are the two movies I was mixing up. I was mixing up Man in the House with JTT and Chevy Chase and Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen and some other random kid. Did this yeah, whole conversation yeah, yeah. take place during our Lost Crypto episode from last week? I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard us talk about this, me and Alex and I were convinced that JTT and Tim Allen did a movie together. And then Alex just thought the home improvement was a movie. And I told them mm-hmm. both they were crazy and that you were talking about Chevy Chase. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's indeed. And Farrah Fawcett was in this movie, too. She was his mother. Hey man, True. listen. In my defense, I live. I live like an ant dog. Like I got time. I got nothing but time. All sitcoms, <laughs> all TV shows are just long form movies. That's all it just is. Long ass <laughs> movies. That was pretty funny. <laughs> like you're just talking about home improvement, bro. That's all you're doing. <laughs> all right, guys. We're gonna go to a, a quick break. We hope you enjoy the this song right here. My favorite song off the Lion King soundtrack. And we'll be right back with some Wayback Machine. Ain't no peasant craze It means no worries For the rest of your days It's our problem-free Philosophy Hakuna Matata Hakuna Matata? Yeah, it's our motto What's a motto? Nothing, what's a motto with you? <laughs> you know what? These two words will solve all your problems. That's right. Take Pumbaa, for example. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul. Now I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt. My friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame. He was a shame. Got a change in my name. Oh, what's your name? And I got downhearted. How did you feel? And we can I. Hey, Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no passing phrase. All right, guys, welcome back. Before we head up to Pride Rock for the birth of the next king, let's get in the Wayback Machine and see what was up on June 24th, 1994. And the first thing that happened uh, 10 days before The Lion King was released in theaters... Oh, what was it, The rated? bombshell of bombshells. Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman were murdered, and so began the trial of O.J. Simpson. Hey, Juice... Mm. <laughs> fucking what the fuck dude <laughs> like just across the board the last 40 years of your life what the fuck is wrong with yeah, you yeah right right he's out he's done he's done i know serving time i know and that's why i'm talking directly to him because i i know that he listens to the show and <laughs> what the fuck juice like dude for real if i did it what's wrong with you right yeah that's right? the craziest thing about uh, that's that's such an insane thing oh like Anyway, I mean, I'm sure That's we don't need to That's the mother of your children, Juice. If I did it, what is wrong with you? <laughs> if you don't know, he wrote a... Is it a book or also like a videotape series about... It's called, a book that he claims now it. was a ghostwriter. Like, he had nothing to do with. He just kind of signed his name to. Um, but oh, he, yeah, yeah, you he know, I, si- I signed my name off on a book that has my name and my story on it. Didn't think or fucking exactly. read anything about it. Cause exactly. That, yeah, that totally happens. But it's if I did it. Here's how I would have performed the murders if I wanted to murder them. He must them. be broke as... Fuck right now, 
completely broke. I mean, he oh, must God. be pretty damn broke because he literally went back to prison for fucking robbery. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was robbing for yeah, his own goddamn memorabilia. memorabilia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he owns he owes the Goldman family a lot of money, like millions and millions of dollars for this for for being found guilty in the civil suit, but not the criminal suit. Anyway. We don't have to like really, really dwell because I'm at some point we have to cover that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? But like, I do want to ask because I was obviously far too young. I mean, like, were you guys, were you guys like fans of the juice before this happened at all? Like, I mean, um, I, my memories of OJ Simpson trial real quick. My, my mom recorded court TV every goddamn day and would come home and watch that shit. Right. Right. Um, right. She like rewind her VHSs and watch that stuff. And then, um, I remember them interrupting like my seventh grade class to tell us the verdict. Like in seventh grade, they over the school PA and told us that OJ Simpson was not guilty. So when yeah. I was in first grade, I had to write a paper thing, like a little, we had a dumb little assignment about what uh, we wanted to be when we grew up. And I wrote that I wanted to be a lawyer and verbatim wrote, I, when I grow up, I want to be a lawyer so that I can tackle the OJ case. Like fucking word <laughs> for word. Oh man. Yeah. Um, wow. He was always, um, OJ was like in the Naked Gun series sure. or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was, and I was, you know, a big sports fan. So I kind of knew who he was and I, I never watched him play a game. Right. I forget yeah. when he retired. Like seventy four before, before my time. He was the only bill that mattered, um, though, right? Like ever. But really? he was. Yeah. So like, I definitely knew who he was. He was definitely around. And then that that craziness happened. I remember watching that white truck. I remember where. It was. Oh yeah, it's not. It's insane. Can we talk about how many people don't know that OJ wasn't driving that fucking Bronco? Yeah. Right. Like so yeah. many people don't know that, and it's fucking buck wild to me. AC Green. My grandmother that... watched it every day because she was newly retired, or she had yeah, newly retired, and watched it every day. And I would go there after school, and it would still be on, or she, maybe she would tape it. I don't know. It was very strange. I remember watching a lot of it. And I would like to point out, it's probably like the beginning of true reality TV. True. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was the beginning of TV, of news becoming a 24-hour thing that we uh, watched. That as well, yeah. CNN yeah. came out, I think, in just a little bit before that or a little bit after. I'd have to look it up. I think Core TV was all that existed around that time to cover it, and then people just kind of invented ways to cover it. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, along along, we can we'll definitely have to tackle that. Clearly, we have enough to say about that for an episode, so we'll we'll move along and talk about fun things. Um, the box office, obviously, Lion King is out. Lion King's doing well and selling a shit ton of tickets, um, except to me, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but along these times. Right before Lion King, uh, Speed was the number one box office movie, which mm-hmm. is the is that Keanu's like first like real big blockbuster. Uh, Bill and Ted, Point Bill break. Ted, yeah, for sure. But he that's his first maybe like action star. That's where Keanu became an action an action star. Yeah, Could be. and Sandra yeah. Bullock yeah. kind of came into relevance. I yeah. love this movie. My sister and I. <clears throat> it's very good. It's we probably watched Speed together more than many many other movies. We just love this movie as kids. We'd watch it all the time. Um, and then what dethroned Lion King on the Oof. box office was Forrest Gump on July 10th. So Fucking heavy hitter summer, dude. So pretty good summer. Yeah, for sure. And there's a bunch of stuff kind of scattered in there too. But 94 was a good year. Good summer. Um, in music, the one and only number one song through almost the entire summer from May 21st to July 30th. Um, I Swear by All for One. Mm-hmm, so yes. host memories on I Swear. <laughs> Man, I dance more slow dances to this yeah. song than pretty much anything else. This was the one that was like you had it had to be played at the end of the night. Everyone would come out, find a partner, yeah. even if you came alone. Someone would be there that would dance to you. With you to Sixth grade, Halloween dance, 
Emily Rasmussen, my first slow dance ever. Dude, we've shouted out Emily Rasmussen before on this show. Yeah, have we? Have. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. That's fucked. I Where know that at? name. Where you at, Em? Where you at, Em? <laughs> um, my, I had holy jeans on. Mm, my memory of uh, I Swear is that at this time, keep in mind, I was four um, or something like that, five. Um, but much like you guys, it's funny because about, I don't know, fucking seven or eight years later, uh, they were still playing this at the end of fucking junior high dances. This was still one of the final songs. Like, I know this song word for fucking word. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Doesn't surprise me a bit. It's a good one. It's a, it's a staple. It's got to be a school dance staple to this day, right? Like, I would hope so. I don't know. I hope so. I hope it does. I hope you hold up all for one. Yeah, keep royalties. getting that money because that's, that's the only way you're going to. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So that's Wayback Machine. Uh, hope we got you in the mood. We got you in the mindset. We got you in 1994. And now let's talk about the one and only, The Lion King. And we're going to start out like we always do. Like we have been already with Wayback Machine, some host memories um, about Lion King. What's your first experience with the Lion King, Colin? I think I remember seeing previews for it, and so so what? I was fourteen, I think at the time, or thirteen, probably. Uh, it came out in the summer, um, and I thought it looked dumb <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some reason. I don't know why. I thought I was like, "Oh, that looks dumb," because I was used to more of the other Disney movies, like the anthropomorphic thing. I think threw me off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they had come out with um, um, what are the uh, the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast? Well, Beauty and the Beast kind of a little bit Aladdin. Um, so those that's kind of where I was like, okay, these are the, the the good Disney movies. And then what what is this? Like lions talking? This is dumb. Um, but then it quickly once I watched the movie, it quickly became one of my favorites. It might be my favorite Disney uh, movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched this a million times. Love the sound. I own the soundtrack. I used to wake up to the to the um, Circle of Life nice. you know, every morning. Damn. Um, oh yeah, it was on my little CD player or whatever. You know, you set the alarm. I woke up to that that tune, man. Uh, it was great. Get me fired up. Uh, yeah, nothing but good things to say about Lion King. Love it. Nice, Alex. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think about it. I think the first time I saw this movie would have been on VHS, probably like that, like when it released or right around that time. Um, we bought. We didn't go to a lot of movies um, in the theaters as kids, um, but we bought that movie, and it came in the big, thick, like, plastic clamshell Disney oh, case, you know what I mean? Yum, like, yeah. Yeah, all that good shit. Um, uh, fun fact, I was holding a... Hey, guys, remember VHSs? I was holding one of those not 24 hours ago to fucking, what? like, to, auto, to just channel my inner Jeff Gersman. It um, didn't just turn to dust? Like, no, they're, fu- they're, made of, they're made of the same shit that, like, old Game Boys were made out of. They'll last forever. The tape just gets <laughs> fucked up. Um, Most tapes by now, unless they've been meticulously cared for, are in really bad shape. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we've got a whole. I mean, hey man, they never sat in the sun or a hot garage, or just they just been in a house for a while. A ton of VHS tapes that still work. Hmm. Um, but as far as memories of the movie goes, um, this was like the biggest thing, and you got to consider that I was again, I was like five or some shit like that, you know. Um, so we watched it in school, we watched it at home, our friends watched it, everybody loved it, like, it was, we fucking, all the kids knew the songs, like, I remember one time being on the playground, and, like, kids, like, running around a circle playing tag, and, like, yelling lyrics to the song for no, the songs from the fucking movie for mm-hmm. no reason, like, it was just, this was so huge, such a huge movie. Yeah, absolutely, it really was, man. Um, Caleb, what's your memory I'm- of the... First. I'm 99% sure I saw this in the theaters. Um, <clears throat> once, once Little Mermaid came out and that was a big hit, 
uh, and then Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. I was like 12 or 13 in 1994, and like we were in, like we were a Disney Channel household. My parents like bought the Disney Channel subscription. In yeah, back when you had to pay extra for Disney. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine this, kids. HBO was Disney was HBO back in the day, like yep. for for children. Like you had to pay a monthly additional subscription fee to get the content of the Disney Channel in the from 1983 to 1990. Um, mm-hmm. Then it kind of switched over in, in the 90s. So I think around this time it was already a a basic or hybrid premium channel. So you'd have to pay for the exact service, but um, but you'd have to have the package to ha- that included Disney, <clears throat> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. You know, after a Little Mermaid, my sister was obsessed, uh, and so Fuck yeah, it's a good ass movie. It's a great movie. So we saw that uh, probably not in the theaters, although my grandparents might have taken us to see that. Definitely saw Beauty and the Beast in theaters and Aladdin, and so it was kind of like it was just that was going to happen. You know, it wasn't a question. Uh, same thing with Toy Story and Pocahontas later, but then it mm-hmm. kind of fades off after that. I uh, kind of got out of the Disney thing. Uh, but we had every single VHS. My parents were obsessed with Disney. We we would go to Disneyland every other year. That was our big. Oh, well, uh, fucking look at well, you. Over. I also live in California, so like it's not that far. It's a it's a six hour drive. You know, right. the idea of that to a Virginian is literally like, oh, you saved up twenty five thousand dollars. Like right. that's really cool. No. It, you know, there's a lot of people that give me a lot of like. Way to go, white boy! You know, for that kind of privilege. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Yeah. My was, it was a priority for my parents. Let's put it that way. Like, right, right, right. That was I'm, what they saved up for, and that's what we did. I'm right there with you. Our family was originally from Southern California, like right in Disneyland's backyard, and we still every three, four, five years is kind of our family go to vacation. So I've been to Disneyland more times than I can than I can tell you. Also, but and a similar thing. Like my family's just huge Disney freaks. Like we really, we really are. It's just kind of where every single one of us like it. Um, my Lion King experience, I definitely saw this in the theater. I'll tell you how I know, because me and my best friend at the time snuck in to see Lion King. I teased it earlier Shit. that I did yeah. not pay to see Lion King. They did not sell me a ticket. Um, yeah, I snuck into Lion King the first time I saw it. I remember. I don't. I, I mean, the exact details about it. I know. I know what movie theater we were in and all that. It was in Montrose, Colorado, and. The box office was like outside, so you could get into the doors. And somehow we just we just walked into the theater, and it had to have been around when it opened because very shortly after we snuck in and watched it, um, like probably days or maybe a week later, my parents were like, "Hey guys, big family night! We're all gonna go see Lion King!" And <laughs> I felt like an asshole that I had already seen it. Like no one in my family had seen it. We're all psyched. We're all going to go watch it as a family together. This amazing new Disney movie. And I already know exactly what's going to happen. And I can't tell anyone. I can't let my mom know that I've seen it already. So we end up going as a family also shortly after that. This might be the same trip where as my mom backed out of the driveway to go to the Lion King, she ran over the family cat. Nice, good job, mom. And knew she did it, but didn't reckon, but didn't say anything until and like as we're leaving, we went to the movie theater and we got home to our dead cat in the driveway. And then she tried to sell it off. Oh, it might have. I guess it like fell out of the tree. And I remember my sister and I sitting on the porch, like crying about this this cat dying. And my mom knew the entire time we were at the movie that she had ran it over (laughs) way out of the driveway. So, um, yeah, that's a fun little Kramer story that we all know. Um, 
but yeah, so that's I definitely I snuck in to see Lion King in the theater, and then went later with with family too. But um, it's definitely up there with my. In fact, I listed this off. Caleb did me a nice favor in listing them all off anyway. But early '90s um, is definitely, in my opinion, and I think on a lot of a lot of opinions, was like the Disney Renaissance was like the heyday of like these amazing animated movies that were coming out and Caleb starting in late 89 it was November 1989 so pretty much 1990 um, Little Mermaid came out followed by Beauty and the Beast in 91 Aladdin in 92 Lion King in 94 Pocahontas which is kind of like it's in there but eh. wasn't huge I we went and saw Pocahontas in the drive through as a family I remember that um, and then Toy Story in 95 so like five huge Disney movies, huge yeah, Disney blockbusters, yeah. and and throw in Pocahontas on there. So give me a quick list, uh, Colin. Rank these one through five. We can leave Pocahontas will be the last one on all of our list, but rank uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, and Toy Story. I gotta go Lion King, Aladdin, Mermaid, uh, Toy Story. I didn't see till later, hmm. uh, so I'll throw Toy Story in there, then Beauty, and then Pocahontas. Nice, hmm. Caleb. Uh, I would go Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Toy Story, and Pocahontas for me. Cool. Um, yeah. I like Toy Story a lot, actually. I might move that up. I kind of consider that a Pixar movie more than a Disney Disney movie, even though they owned Pixar at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, they're hard to rank. Alex, where do you put these? Um, Aladdin. Pocahontas, fuck y'all, dog. I liked Pocahontas. That shit was cool, and it's also was like my fucking whole family was like Native American. Like my whole grand, my grandma's whole side of the family was Native American. It was dope as fuck. Uh, so I'll say Aladdin, Pocahontas, Lion King, uh, and then probably Toy Story, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. I don't fucking like Beauty and the Beast, dog. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like I, I don't like that what? movie. Uh, it's a tale as old as time. It is a tale as old and fucking overrated as time. It's it, dude. No, what actually, I get I get why people like the movie. I really do. Like, it's not it's not that it's a bad movie. It just I just don't like it. It kind of blows me away that we got what I think this will be fifty five episodes of Geek Squatch proper, um, and this is the first of these movies that we've talked about. Right, it's, it's, you did it's kind fucking of goofy movie first. Well, because Goofy Movie's yeah, classic. Fuck off, dude. Goofy Movie dope. Buddy. Yeah, like, yeah. Matt, just <laughs> get out of here, Colin. By the way, Goofy Movie was in this time period, Colin, too, but I don't consider it like a full like blockbuster animation movie. Colin, it's a leaning tower of cheese dude. <laughs> <laughs> the leaning tower of cheese Um, I go also Aladdin first. I almost chose to cover Aladdin this week over Lion King, but... I think popular opinion, I think Lion King's probably a better movie. I think just as a personal opinion, I think I like Aladdin more. Me Aladdin, too. I like Lion Robin King. Williams, right? That's what it's about. Right. Me. Aladdin, Lion King, mm-hmm. Toy Story, um, um, and then Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Although, all these movies are great. I love them all. I do. I love... These are just... It was such a great time to be a kid getting these Disney movies in those big-ass VHS cases that we all know what we're talking about, Alex. But like, ones, think, yeah. We're just... Kids yeah, programming was so limited and so shitty back then too. Mm-hmm. So whereas now, like I pop open Netflix and like I have no problem finding something for my kids to watch or you know something yeah. that, and that might enjoy as well. It's animated, but back then there wasn't that much out. Or I mean, you're watching Tom and J- you're watching the old cartoons, the Looney Tunes, right? Uh, if you if you Tom had if J- you had Cartoon Network, which is a t- which is a TBS product. And Cartoon Network's entire like thing before Cartoon Cartoon in 1995 was literally just 
what Boomerang is now. It was literally it was all Tom and Jerry, old Looney Tunes, Flintstones, yeah. all that shit. Like I was watching the Flintstones in fucking nineteen ninety four, like religiously. That is a goddamn forty <laughs> year old show at that time. You know what I mean? It's like, still good though. Yeah, it's still good. It's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, and I and I and I enjoy that stuff, but that's not really like kids tell a lot of the stuff's not really for kids. Right. But um yeah. Well it was for the it was for, it was, it was for the kids. Was relevant enough to get a freaking John Goodman movie in yeah. our yeah. age, right. man. Like seriously. Um all right. Lots of lots of tangents. Um all right, so let's talk about I don't think we need to go through like here's how Lion King plays out for anyone right now. I think if you're listening to this and you're around any of our ages or just alive as a person, you probably have seen Lion King. You probably know how it plays out. But let's just talk to you guys about some of our favorite moments in these movies. And um, I'll just kick it off with... Scar! Brother! Help me! Long live the king. I said favorite moments. This is the least favorite moment of the movie, but it's probably the moment of the movie that we have to get out of the way right now, you guys. Our generation's Bambi's mom dying. Right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, this is Bambi's mom. I've seen Bambi in the theater, so I I already had that moment. Um, Really? See, I absolutely did not. Like, Bambi's mom dying does nothing to me. Like, it really doesn't. Like, I, I just, it's, I watched it. Like, when I was young enough to where I didn't really realize what I was watching, and when I watched it later on, it was just kind of like I knew it was coming type of thing. Right, Mufasa right. Same here. dying was crushing. It was like only the time... most... Go. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, that's the only... So, when Mufasa died, that is literally the only time I cried at a movie as a child. And, like, the only time I cried at a movie probably until I was, like... 28 like i'm not a super emotional person when it comes to entertainment and movies and tv shows and shit Mm -hmm. that movie had me fucked up as a kid fucked up it's just it's 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 the most it's such a dramatic scene as well like you got the you know scar setting simba up in in this in the valley in the goalie or whatever that is and then in the the wildebeest stampede and so you got and there's a moment where like mufasa saves simba and gets him out of there and then get starts to climb up the cliff, and then you got Scar's kind of you know doing the long live the king and throws him off. And uh, the whole I rewatched it today, and the the like it's a longer time because I was like aware of that we were gonna talk about it. And I was like I wonder like this build up of Simba like trying to look for Mufasa. It takes him like a minute to find like yeah. in movie time. Like, in the build-up and the drama behind it and just the sadness of that scene is incredible. Like, Simba, like, crawls underneath his dead paw mm-hmm. and, like, holds, like, like, like probably it's a callback to earlier in the movie with him, like, holding him under his paw, like, sleeping type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I mean, I imagine if you went back to the movie, you could find a very similar, um, like, imagery to that right there, him mm-hmm. sitting under Mufasa's dead paw. Um, that's, I mean, it was, name me a more devastating movie moment for you as a kid. I can't do it. I think the only thing anyone would ever say that would maybe do that is like, we already mentioned Bambi's mom or like old yeller, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Old Yeller. Yeah. But those are both like such older references. Like Bambi, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't have it on here. Like, I'm, I could look it up. But when do you think, when did the Bambi come out? Like in the 60s? Like like mid 60s? I believe Bambi. so. Like it's got to be, it's got to be at Dear least that old, right? Bambi um, was uh, fucking 1942. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. See? Like, so that's why, like, our for our generation, like, I, I understand that it's, like, the callback for, like, devastating animated movie moment, but for our generation, that's the shit, I think... That's the shit that made your grandpa cry in a movie theater. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, do you guys... Are, are you with me on that? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, my... I We watched it today with my five-year-old and my two-year-old who... He didn't... The two-year-old didn't care. Mm-hmm. He liked it for about 15, 20 minutes, which was actually pretty long for him, but um, <laughs> my five-year-old kept turning away when immediately when scar showed up he like would not watch the tv (laughs) or he would like he would like put his hand you know kind of like peek through our legs or something to make sure that you know to see and then if he was still there he kind of look away uh and then but when that happened he lost it yeah that is hilarious though that was good he's not good with those kinds of things (laughs) who wants to bring up a happy lion king moment all right i'll go all right so and this is so Th- that moment did make me sad rewatching it, but what made me happy and like almost also kind of like the happy teary because now I got dad feelings mm-hmm. was when um, Rafiki <sighs> realized that he that um, Simba was still alive. Yes, mm-hmm. and he gets all super happy and excited, and then he then he draws the mane on the mm-hmm. uh, on the wall drawing. Ugh, that just gets me. Simba, he's, he's alive. He, he's alive. <laughs> it is time. I just got chills. I just got so chills. Good. Describing it again, dude. Yeah, <laughs> secretly, yeah. uh, Rafiki has become probably my favorite character of this whole thing, which is kind of weird to say. But like, he's the only adult in the room. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why, like he, and then he does that really cool kung fu thing later. Um, yeah, that <laughs> was my shit as a kid. <laughs> the Bruce Lee stuff is great, um, but the, I mean, his voice actor, I, I never heard of him before until today when I looked him up, and he's just great. Like, he captures is Robert uh, uh, Gulami. I, I could probably massacre his name, but yeah, um, great, dude. um, he's just got this. I don't know. It's oh, yeah, I recognize that face. Great. Yeah, he's Benson. You guys remember that? That goes that calls back. Benson. Uh, yeah, sitcom back in the day, I believe, or is it? Movie? Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah, of it. I've never seen it myself. I know him from Big Fish. That's what I know him from. Hmm. Anyway. He's a prolific yeah, actor. I, He's very. I had very forgotten good. about that that character in the movie too. You know, I I, mean, oh, really? I I knew he existed in the you know the opening, but then I I thought you know I didn't recall anything else from it. So coming back to finally watch it again, I was like, wow, he plays. I mean, he plays a huge part. Rafiki oh, yeah, is. But my most quoted Disney character of all time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, checks out. I say on a weekly basis, follow Rafiki, you know the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> if yeah. I talk to people about, like, like, te- like I do a lot of training at work and, like, helping people out and stuff like that, and anytime, like, a majority of time people ask me a question where I have to bring them to, like, a station or something to show them something, follow Rafiki, you know the way. <laughs> like, all the time. I love it. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh was that put me up right sure. sure on this um host memories um this one's like real bittersweet for me because like honestly my favorite part as a kid 
um, was split between two. It was split between Rafiki's dope, like, fucking kung fu-ass ninja shit, right? That was really cool. Um, but honestly, like, my favorite part of that movie was, like, the most dadliest-ass moment, which is when uh, Simba and Mufasa are uh, standing atop Pride Rock, and they're, they're, he's doing the whole reference, you know, the whole uh, everything mm-hmm. that, like, touches our kingdom, blah, 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 blah all that shit. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool because, like, I mm-hmm. didn't have a dad growing up, so it was really cool seeing, like, oh... Look at this cool dad thing that's happening right now. That's really neat. Like, that doesn't happen in real life, but it's really cool, you know? I actually, Alex, I, when I watched it, I thought about you <laughs> during really? this movie. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, I, I wonder how Alex is feeling watching this movie. I literally thought that. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's definitely the part for me. The other, the other part about Rafiki that's interesting, going to, to tie, tie this together, is, like, he brings the spiritualism into the whole death of mm-hmm. Mufasa yeah, thing like where he says, shaman, right? yeah, he says, yeah, yeah, exactly. He says, I, I know your father. And he says, you knew my father. You know, says, you knew my father. I hate to tell you like he's dead. And he says, no, I, I know your father. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he shows him the way as so to speak. Uh, yeah. That, quite, that whole literally. scene there, like he shows me, like brings him to the, to the lake and Simba like looks into it and it's just a reflection of himself. And, Rafiki shows him like, no, you are like, and then the whole cloud scene. Then you cloud get the Mufasa. Mufasa shows up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cloud, so dad. We, cloud dad shows up and tells cloud him. Dad's here. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Cloud dad's here. Um, so, can we talk about how um, while Timon and Puma, Pumba rather, may have um, kind of raised Simba into manhood, right? Mm-hmm. It was really more just like um, I looked at that more as like a, a kid that moved out when he was like thirteen and found some friends and just fucking they just made it, right? Like they're just like scrappy type mm-hmm. shit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk about how Rafiki is really Simba's dad now and he's basically the Piccolo of fucking the Lion King? <laughs> nice, <laughs> Rafiki is Piccolo. That's great. I like it. What I want to know is how can a lion sustain su- 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 only on bugs? That is not possible. That's hey, protein. man, calories in, calories in, calories out. You just got to eat a fucking lot of them. Taste a lot that. of protein. He, also, yeah, he grubs went extinct with Simba over there. But yeah, right. I don't, I don't want to like derail the conversation too much, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want to know how this economy of life happens, this circle, quote unquote, uh, when you've got anthropomorphic, well, intelligent animals that are talking to each other, both prey and predator, and. They talk about killing zebras and antelopes. Like, mm-hmm. how does that choice get made? That's because that's because they all understand that they play a part in the circle. The zebras mm-hmm. know the, the gazelles know they could eat them. But the thing is, you never actually see any like sentient speaking prey in the movie. This is true. Right? Well, no, Timon and Pumbaa being the exception to the rule. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. beyond that, but that's that's sort of like, She's like a fear gonna thing. Eat me. Like exactly. you never, <laughs> you never see like uh, like fucking Mufasa run down a fucking talking gazelle. that's like, please, I have children. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing that bothers me about it is like, so when they do the the stampede scene, right? Like all these buffalo or whatever they were, wildebeest, sh- wildebeest, they should know. Who, who Simba is, and therefore they shouldn't be trying to run his ass over. They should be like, hey, what's up? Oh, just, we're cool. No, that was like is, a crazy like hive mind panic moment. They yeah, didn't know he was so, there, dude. They're just running. Agreed. And what, what I'll also say is Disney has precedence for this, right? Here's my case. Fucking, uh, fucking Goofy, right? Is a, <laughs> a dog right. that has a pet dog, right? <laughs> and right. the thing, the thing, the thing about Pluto... Is that he's just a fucking dumb dog. He doesn't talk, really. He's just a fucking dumb dog. He's an actual dog. 
So what we're right. saying is that Disney believes in eugenics and that there are certain smart animals that mm. are bred to be smart and others that and, are uh, not. And other, and other dumb animals that just live on base instinct. Yeah. Right, right. The wildebeest okay. were operating on base instinct. That's I'm what okay with that. I just wanted to have a discussion about it. Hey, I think that also the fucking precedence for Walt goddamn Disney supporting eugenics is probably pretty <laughs> fucking established. <laughs> Let's true. not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin my childhood. Don't try to wake him up from his deep slumber and cry out sleep. Right. Oh my god. No, we don't, have, we don't have nearly enough Cuban kids floating over on fucking on fucking rafts right now for him to feed him in his Florida tomb. <laughs> that was an early 2000s reference for you guys. Dear I got god. it. Anyway. Um, so, uh, T- Timon and Pumbaa are great. Like, that's definitely the next one I would bring up. Where he, Meeting Timon and Pumbaa and that whole the raising of him and the Hakuna Matata moment. Like, we're going to talk about the soundtrack in a minute, but Hakuna Matata's got to be... It, it's it's my favorite song in the Can movie. Can we talk about the interlude where he's about to say fart and he doesn't? And for <laughs> like for literally kids. 15 years of my life, I didn't know what he was going to say until about really? five years ago when I figured it out because I'm an idiot. Apparently. Oh no, Caleb, Caleb. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I was think... trying to find, I was trying to draw the connection. So I've listened to that song a lot lately because my son loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I've been trying to find the connection. Why is that story even in the song? Oh, they're like, talking about why they're outcasts, I believe. No, but he's talking about, like, he's an outcast, and he smelled, and whatever, and then, yeah, like, like nobody liked him, but but I think, this is me, like, processing the song, it's like, well, nobody likes him, but who gives a shit? <laughs> because right, Hakuna right. Matata, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the irony of Hakuna that's Matata, yeah. yeah, is that they do care, really, but they, Hakuna Matata allows them to pack their feelings deep deep down inside <laughs> they don't Hakuna have to Matata feel them anymore not a healthy thing to do you know hey no that. actually guess what it's ex- well okay i'm not gonna argue that that's healthy but maybe that's just my whole fucking life it's just <laughs> actually like it's all nihilism nobody gives a fuck it's all none of this is important like your worm food figure <laughs> we it out, believe you know? in nothing zabowski nothing right <laughs> yeah well that no 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 it's very bad <clears throat> they're basically they've all run away from their responsibilities or problems in the case of i mean all all Pumbaa's got to do is like eat some charcoal, bro. Like, just don't eat so much dairy or whatever. I don't know. Right? Maybe you're lactose intolerant. Just stay away from the cheese. Um, and I don't know what they, we never really find out what Timon's problem is, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, he Timon, Timon has fucking crippling, like just just absolutely crippling social anxiety. You wouldn't think it. Oh no! He tries to get it. He really tries to put himself out there, but he's just like deep down at, at night, he just lays awake and panics. I figured it out. <laughs> he's a redhead, and they think that redheads have no souls in uh, Meerkat Land. That's the thing. <laughs> 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 Who told you something like that? Yeah, yeah. What mook made that up? Oh. Yeah. Mm. Can I tell you how disappointed I was when I first met a meerkat in real life? Not no, fucking nearly as cool. No, not not nearly cool. as fucking cool. No. Are meerkats like super social animals though? Like really groups? Yes. Like incredibly, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the they're kind the, of the irony. He's alone. He's alone. Uh, meerkat out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they're fucking underground. They're fucking underground lemmings. It's true. So like to to hot, to mask his antisocialism, he dresses in drag and does the hula. Yes. Yub yub yub. It's fucking making yub yub yub. Uh huh. It's immersion therapy, man. That's all it is. He's a big pig. Yub yub. Jesus. This is gonna be a fucking sing along by the time we're done. The best parts of this movie, in my opinion, are the small little jokes. Like there's really tiny ones. Um, uh, the I love a lovely bunch of coconut song. 
Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then I did not get that as a kid, but getting that as an adult is fucking very good. Yeah, and then uh, the yeah the Timon and Pumbaa distraction. Uh, I got one for you. The uh, um, when uh, the birds talking about them getting married, the young Simba and young Mal getting married. Oh yeah. You know, he's like, "You're intended," and she goes. What? What are you talking about? He's my best friend. It would be so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally the life goals of everyone. Yeah. Simba <laughs> right. got friend-zoned when he was a, a cub. All right. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Also, not other, very like... subtle with that with that love story part. Sorry to interrupt. But... See, uh, not very subtle with the up. fact that fucking Mufasa and... Uh, what's her name? Uh, his wife. The fucking mom. Murabi? Yeah. yeah, not like not too subtle with the fact that like lions bone dog like Sarabi. lions bone Sarabi. down in this movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Lions yeah. bone dog. <laughs> it's very it's very upsetting. Very we'll, odd we'll set in, of words. We'll get into the cast, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as far as the love story thing goes, like I was gonna bring that up. Not that like I mean it is super like very projected, and as soon as they meet, they're, like, in love again immediately type of thing. There's no real build-up to that. But I do love that moment. Like, I'm definitely, like, a... I'm I'm a... You know, I I like those kind of moments in in movies, and and I think they do it well in this. Um, But And Can You Feel Love Tonight is a great song. It's a good moment. It's a good scene. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I don't don't know. I don't have any problems with it, but... should we talk that about? Let's just point. go right into the, the soundtrack, or you want to do? Yeah, let's do soundtrack. Let's do soundtrack for sure, because this this soundtrack, these uh, five, which are kind of like the the five main, um, what do you call them? Like acts or, or songs uh, in this. Um, so opens with "Circle of Life." Is this the best? Like the most dramatic, sweeping, epic opening? Yes. To a to a to a movie Disney movie. Like obviously, Colin agrees. He used to wake up with this shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. It's so good, but that's what that was my takeaway today. Is like this is just amazing. I can't think of another like movie that just opens up with such a like just a cool epic moment mm-hmm. with of Circle feels. of Life. Um, I like mm-hmm. What do you um, so look, real quick? So we got the what five five songs here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one's your favorite? Let's go around the room. Brandon, what's your favorite? I'm going Hakuna Matata. Like that's okay. got to be that's just that's just the best. I have a, I have a Hakuna Matata shirt. Um, Hakuna Matata, followed by Can't Wait to Be King. Caleb? Mm, I would go probably with... It's probably the same thing. Hakuna Matata and then I Can't Wait to Be King. Um, I don't think Be Prepared should be mentioned at all. What? Get the fuck really? out. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. That's don't my like pick. It. Of course it is. <laughs> my pick My pick is Be Prepared, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, as far as catchiness and, like, and like, like merits of the song, I feel like Can't Wait to Be King is, is my favorite. It's the sure. best there. But the scene for Be Prepared was my favorite because it was the only one that was really in stark contrast to everything else that you see as a kid. Everything is, like, bright and technicolor and bullshit, and it's all happy and go lucky and everything. And, like, Be Prepared mm-hmm. was fucking dark. You know what I mean? Really dark. And I, I liked that as a kid. That was I was into it. I, mm-hmm. Let's talk about... Scar in general for a second, like instantaneously, you know he's the bad guy. His whole color palette's dark. Yeah, um, his everything like is s- angular, skinny, gross build. Like, did you yeah. know that Scar is the only animated line in the movie that his claws are always visible? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every every moment. Yeah. It's so he's always ready to attack. Um, it was instantaneous for my five-year-old to know that he is the bad guy. Like, it wasn't even, he's like, oh, the bad guy's here. You know what I mean? It wasn't, 
it was just funny to me. I also want to point out, just in general, talking about like color schemes and stuff, they do a very, very good job of differentiating the character lions from the other lions and each lion individually from the other ones. So like Simba's color palette is slightly different but does have um, a lot in common with Mufasa. Uh, and then Nala and... Uh, oh, gosh. Blinking again. On the Sarabi. Sarabi. Sarabi, yeah. Narabi, Sarabi. Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out a bunch of fucking names that all sound like they should be extras in the Matrix. It's definitely Sarabi. It's Sarabi, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're very different. Their eyes are all different colors, which helps you as well. Um, yeah. and then there's... It's, that, it's that Ninja Turtles trick. Yeah, totally. No, and, But it works, and it works very effectively. Like, there's never any question which lion is which, which is hard to do because at least for the female lions, they all look the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. definitely side by side. I don't know about like Mufasa and, and Simba adult lions the side by side are, are are pretty similar, but I think that's intentional mm-hmm. um, as far as the color palette goes. But yeah, definitely. Like you can always kind of tell who who's there. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the the and be prepared. The animation of it. Let's talk about those Nazi callbacks. Oh, true. Absolutely, yeah, right? big time. Like, well, I mean, the, like, like, what's the most, what's the most sophomoric and like easily recognizable way that you can make a bad guy a bad guy? Make him like Hitler, like obviously. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. fucking movie does it. Like, oh, they all, they all wear matching fucking Hugo Boss uniforms, or like, oh, they both, they, like, whatever bad guy in fucking V for Vendetta has, of course, has like giant fucking red and white flags on either side of him when he speaks and shit. Like, it's just fucking mm-hmm. Hitler was the ultimate bad guy, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely there, there's an animated moment where they show like the marching of the hyenas. Uh-huh. And fun fact: Did you know that the hy- some hyena activists sued Disney for defamation of character? <laughs> Fucking Man, somebody's Christ. got to be the villain. Yeah, it's the worst. True, fun, Come on, true, man. true fact. Yeah, hyena biologists protested with the animals' portrayal. One hyena researcher sued Disney Studios for defamation of character. I'm not. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, what? What did you want? Like, to be the like? I don't. I don't get that. That's funny. Uh, why? Why? Like, fucking. Why are there hyena activists? And also, like, okay, if it's like a you know an endangered or whatever species or like a species you care about and you just want to make sure they're still around, great, fine. I understand that. Why do you give a fuck about an animated movie? Please stop. That's but not your I job. Do, I do wonder if my perception of hyenas being shitty animals is 100 percent because of Lion King, though. Uh, they're fucking awful creatures. They are fucking, they're like, they're like giant wolverines, dude. They're fucking horrible. Yeah. Aren't they, they 100% scavengers? Like, they don't hunt for themselves at all? No, they As do. I understand it. I thought do they, they do, do some occasionally some hunt. Uh, yeah, hunting. you know what? I actually, I actually feel like, yeah, I feel like I've seen, like, a pack of hyenas taken on a giraffe once or something in a video. Huh. They would that, prefer. That, seems, that sticks out in my head. Yeah, they would prefer to take leftovers. Easier for them. If you think about it, it's very smart. You know, somebody else does all the hard work and they just. Oh, I'm yeah. just thinking of a horrible video I remember seeing of a hyena pulling out the basically the lower intestines, shall we say, of like a uh-huh. rhino uh, or nice. was it a hippo? Whatever, it was really gross. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. while we're over here talking about like the sort of the, the biology and stuff of these animals and like like how the <laughs> ecology and stuff works, like it's really you think this is going in a sex way. That's not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> what is really cool because I didn't see it mentioned anywhere in your notes, so stop me if you're if you're going to get to this. But what's really cool is like a lot of the development for Lion King was buck wild. Like they had lions in the fucking studio. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. insane. They literally had they had panels of guys. I remember seeing this on like like, the Disney Channel at the time, like, airing, like, a, hey, this hit movie's out, and here's some fun facts about the movie, 
and like showing clips of these fucking animators sitting at their desk hand drawing things, which by the way, that was a time. Um, and there's just a guy with a lion with like a leash on it as if you're going to stop this 1300 pound fucking murder creature. <laughs> Fun fact about lions and all cats, every part of their body is a weapon. So like yeah. also when you have one that's as big as a fucking horse, what like one guy is up there with a leash just like, no, nah, it's cool. He's fine. It's not, a big yeah, deal. He's like, not gonna do anything. Meanwhile, well, you have all these kids who literally, all these guys and, and girls who literally went to art school, right? They're literally, they're the fucking, <laughs> they're fucking artists are trying to draw this shit. Can you imagine what a pants-shittingly bad day that has to be? Oh, my God. Yeah, the running animations in particular were, are very, very impressive for the time. Like, yeah, there's a lot of rotoscoping, I think, that went down for that stuff. Yeah, there is some early CGI as well. Like, we were talking about the mm-hmm. trampling sequence or the... the yeah, the, well, the Wildebeest, yeah. The Stampede. It took they three come, years to animate. Yeah, when they come down uh, the the cliff, basically, that was all CGI. You can see it a little bit now, but they did it in such a smart way where everything's in motion, so it's slightly blurry anyway. It, it holds up extremely well. And it's I think it's the only CG shot in the film, if I'm correct. But uh, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know I about wanna... that. I do know it's definitely CG, and it took three years to animate. I want to touch on something. Part of it was writing the program, the computer program to animate it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, this movie was in development for fucking ages, like an insane amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to touch on something, because this pro- I probably should have noted on this, like when we were talking about our favorite scene in the movie. But um, I want to, I want to hit it now before we get too too far away from it. Um, the scene just before my favorite scene that I mentioned on on Pride Rock, everything the light touches, blah 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a really fucking cool thing that happens. Uh, this has been passed around like on like Tumblr and shit like that a couple times. There's a really cool thing that happens. Uh, where Simba is trying to wake Mufasa up, right? Yeah. And uh, fucking mom is like, oh, well, your son is awake. And he says, before sunrise, oh, yeah. he's your son. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? yeah, love it. That is so fucking cool because Mufasa's whole, like, he's a, he's a, he's a king, right? He's, he's, he's in charge of shit. This man has stress, like daily problems he has to deal with. And his deal is, he, his job in the circle of life is ruling over everything the light touches. The light has not yet touched this boy. He is your <laughs> son right now. I fucking <laughs> love that. Yeah. That's hilarious. Nice. Aren't uh, um, lions are nocturnal? Ironically enough, most of the time, if I remember correctly. Really? Uh, a lot it. of cats. I don't know that for a fact, but I know a lot of cats are fucking active at night. So that yeah, yeah they're, they're very. Me. I mean, they're not necessarily nocturnal. Like they don't stick to a strict schedule, but they are a lot very active at night and the day. But you know, they're like house cats. You know, house cats are doing stuff all times of day. They don't care. Hey, there's a, there's a reason the term cat nap happens. It turns out cats have no fucking schedule. They just no. eat and fucking sleep whenever they want to. Must be nice. I miss my life, basically, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Again, must be nice. <laughs> um, so we talked about Circle Life, talked about Be Prepared quite a bit. Can't Wait to Be King's a really cool moment. Um, just, like, the coloring and all that um, during that scene. Um, now I wa- I can't help but watch that and not just think about that st- the, the Fucking, level on the Nintendo uh, game. I'm That's glad all you said I think it because I was about to. That. Yeah. Like as I watch that, all I see are like images from that from that game. The monkeys swinging around, the giraffe heads popping them yeah. up, and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, but that's a really good stuff. That I have not played that game in like I don't know fucking since it was like since I rented it for the Super Nintendo, and I still remember that level. I still remember the song that played it, and I can still see those fucking shitty giraffes. Like, goddamn. Yeah, hey, if you didn't listen to it, listen to our Super Nintendo episode. We bitch about that game a lot. We did talk about it a little bit, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Hakuna Matata, I think my favorite part of that is the whole, like, kid, like, cub to, to adult transition that happens, like, when they were crossing the log during that. 
Um, yeah. It's just a really cool moment that I think was always one of my favorite moments watching on screen um, whenever I watched this movie. It was just kind of seeing that, the, his voice changing, that whole that whole thing playing out was a, was a really cool moment um, during, during that song. And Hakuna Matata, again, is my favorite song and just one that I probably know every single note and word to. Like if it's playing, I'm I have one of those families that we literally road trip to Disney sing-alongs. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, did that we're that too. family big so, time. Good God! Uh, <laughs> can we talk about the fact that like, I think everyone except for maybe Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella, who played Pumbaa and and Timon, mm-hmm. did not sing the songs in this. Like they're all other people who. Um, that's you mean to true. tell me that JTT wasn't fucking singing in that recording booth, no. right? Um, Jeremy Irons did sing Be Prepared. Oh, you're right. Um, you're right. The most Thank of it. He actually threw his voice out singing Be Prepared. And Jim Cummings, who voiced one of the hyenas and just does a lot of voice work, uh, finished out the recording of Be Prepared. So the first part, there's the one, I forget which part of the song it is. When I read this, I knew exactly what to talk about. But there's a part in the song where he threw his voice out and Jim Cummings finishes the song out. Which is no, it, yeah, it, that year, that's a good point. Then he does a really good job for being somebody who's not known for singing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it actually isn't that bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, and and then can you feel the love tonight? Is just you know it's it's the love song. But let's quickly talk about that. This soundtrack is written by the one and only Mr. Elton John, um, which can't hey. go wrong there, right? Like no, you can't. Um, I, I think hey, as man. far as like Disney soundtracks go, like. The only other thing I can think of that is kind of on par is Phil Collins doing the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah, Phil Collins of... also had a part on this shit, too. I mean, let's not forget. Did he? Am I dumb? Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins. Hold on. Uh, Phil Collins uh, was in the air tonight. Oh, do they do that together? I guess. So, Elton John, just so you know, like he wasn't <clears throat> he wasn't always a very good writer. Like, back in the day... Um, he was recognized for his talent as a musician and a singer, but he was actually teamed up with a guy who had the opposite talent, really good at writing songs, but didn't have a very good voice. And so it wasn't until like this time period that, well, maybe a little bit before, it wasn't until later on in his career, to put it that way, that Elton John like wrote a lot of his own music. Um, hmm. He worked with a, a guy, a partner, for the very beginning and probably early middle of his career. So we're in the later end, so he probably wrote all this by himself. But um, I I also sorry to interrupt you, Caleb. I was wrong. That's fucking not Phil Collins at all. He's not even involved in that. His first. I just looked at some fucked up <laughs> bullshit dark corner of the web Disney. You totally and threw he's me not, off, dude. Like, Tar- oh, Tarzan. Really? He did Phil Collins. Yeah, Tarzan. yeah. He, he got he got his Disney star with Tarzan, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is actually a pretty good soundtrack for. Yeah. Uh, I don't like. Can that we talk? Song. Hey, man. If we're gonna mention Elton John for a second, we uh, do you guys have a favorite Elton John song? Tiny I mean, Rocket Man's got to be up there, right? Like, it's up there for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think mine is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. If you've never heard that oh, song, yeah. it literally it literally starts off sounding like some fucking crazy vampire music. It's so good. <laughs> I am back. Um, oh, there you hey. go. Oh, what's up, Colin? What's your favorite hey, song, buddy. Colin? So my song was Be Prepared um, originally, and I think it's shifted to Can't Wait to Be King. As a ah. kid, you um, liked Be Prepared? Yeah. Well, I think this is – I was remember I was on the old side. And I was starting yeah. to get into a little bit like heavier type of music. Thank you. And so oh, this funny. one had more bass to <laughs> yeah. it and more um, just kind of the ominous presence of the movie or the the song. Um, so I think I was into that. 
um, originally, and I still like it, but I, I think I've sh- shifted to can't wait to be king. See, cool. so um, I would like to uh, point out to Colin because he was gone during a lot of that vamping we just did. Um, that was basically my exact answer. Fucking be prepared was dope, and uh, <laughs> can't mm-hmm. wait to be king is definitely my second. And I just feel vindicated because Caleb said during his answer. He didn't feel like be prepared should even be mentioned. I don't so. think I think it's the weakest of all of the que- all of the songs. I do from a from a from a from like an iconic sing along sample. Yeah, sure. Totally. Well, sure, but it's like when the soundtrack's that good, it's like saying everything you know is a is a ten or a nine point five, and be prepared is like a you know an eight or eight point. Exactly. Well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, and like, we, and I did praise Jeremy Irons for his his vocal work on it. So. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's that's the soundtrack, but so we talked about Jelton John, the score composed by Hans Zimmer. Oh, wow. Fuck yeah, of, of course, course it was. Which jeez. Yeah. I mean, you've if you watch if you watch movies, you know this guy. Hey guys, are there um, only kind. two composers in all of Hollywood? <laughs> Possibly. Right? Is it, is it, is it all just literally Hans Zimmer and fucking John Carpenter? <laughs> and John Williams. And John, yeah. Is that what you meant? Jesus. Um yeah, for sure. Um that's I actually had that same conversation with a with a friend at work. I actually have a friend who at this moment of recording is at a Hans Zimmer concert um, wow. in town oh. right now that he wanted me to go to and I just couldn't make it work with my weekend. Uh, so I bet that's um, really good though. I bet that's super epic. Like seriously, like I can't imagine like all kinds of stuff for sure. Pirates, uh, the the Ooh. Nolan Batman movies. Um, I mean, I, I, we can go through and, and list them, but I'm not going to. Guys, everybody um, knows. I mean, you can see the you can so, well not on my webcam really. You can see the tattoo. I got a pirate tattoo on my fucking forearm. That right. fucking soundtrack from Pirates of the Caribbean, dog. Good stuff. Really Ooh. good for sure. He's a pirate. Right. Has, has anybody seen the Lion King, um, the musical? Yeah, we can. No, I have. I have we can not. talk about it later if you want. Yeah, I have, yeah, a, I have a little bit of a section there uh, for sure. But let's quickly talk about because we spent a lot of time right there talking. Which whatever it, it deserves it. I think the soundtrack is what makes you yeah, know it is it makes part. The film. I mean, it really does. It makes this one of the classic Disney greats. Right, is this soundtrack and these songs like they're all singable. They're all great songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, no, let's just you know if you think about it, like the story it tells isn't anything really new. Right? Mm-hmm. It's Macbeth. I mean, it follows right, yeah, right, and then it follows like other kind of Disney tropes. Um, so the the base story, it's really the music that makes this. It I'm really with you. is. Yeah, I think another thing that makes this, and we'll talk about it right now, is the voice work. Uh, yes, the we'll voice work. cast in yeah. this movie is stellar, and I would argue one of the best put to Disney film outside of maybe Toy Story. Um, is mm-hmm. as far I can't think of anything else that really comes with it. It's like you know the, the Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and and that group doing Toy Story is great. But these guys, um, starting with uh, with Mufasa, Mister James Earl Jones himself, is he a sir yet? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he can't be, but he should be. He should be an American sir, right? An American <laughs> sir. American be. sir is my favorite uh, BDSM novel. <laughs> <laughs> but James Earl Jones is the voice of Mufasa. Um, um, the, the, I can't remember his name now from Sandlot, what his name was, but anyway, him, <laughs> that guy. Um, oh yeah. I'll think of it. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the, the neighbor, the guy behind the fence in Sandlot too. Darth but, Vader. Um, anyone? He's Darth Vader. Well, yeah, no, but I was going with the Sandlot reference because, you know, it's the it's fucking funny. bad guy in goddamn Cone in the Conan. Barbarian. Yep. Whatever that <laughs> the voice of Darth Vader. Um, yeah, a, a cool little uh, side note with with James Earl Jones and the lady who voiced uh, Sarabi, uh, the Simba's mom, which is uh, Madge Sinclair. 
they are obviously in this, like the king and queen of this, like African king and queens is African lions. They played the king and queen together in Coming to America. Yes, they yes. did. They are the two <laughs> actors that played those two characters in Coming to America. So before the Lion King, in like what, probably 85, 86, Coming to America, um, they played uh, the king and queen there, which were like the parents of, uh, of how come I'm dumb right now and can't. Oh, uh, Eddie think. Murphy. Eddie Murphy's parents in, in Coming to America. So, so yeah. they're typecast is what you're saying. Yes, very much so. We're typecast in, in Lion King. <laughs> I think someone watched Coming to America and like those are our that's our king and queen right that's there. That's our king and queen. <laughs> um But so James Earl Jones, um young Simba is of course JTT himself, John Taylor Thomas, which at this time was at the height of, of home improvement popularity, right? Like when did his voice drop? Like like could we listen when, to his voice? When, this is when the beginning of home improvement, I think. So, when he fucking stopped being a part of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, like, I, I was talking about this the other night. Like I said, like I said before, I don't know what he did after that show. Like after he after he about hit puberty, it was like he just stopped doing st- doing stuff. I think it was intentional. I think he intentionally dropped out of show business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. His, I mean, well, yeah, also was, when you when you get that fuck you Lion King money and that fuck you fucking Home Improvement money, like, right? yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna do? Oh, yeah, um, he no, apparently Caleb. did uh, some uh, some Last Man Standing episodes. Uh, yeah, I mean he's done. He's he. Ugh. I think he's since kind of come back into just kind of he kind of cashed in a little bit on the nostalgia stuff with like that, like Last Man Standing with with Tim Allen and uh, and that kind of stuff. That um, Home Improvement started airing in '91, so no, this was three years into Home Improvement. All right. So yeah, he was definitely he's still really young though. He was. I remember specifically like when when Lion King came out. My sister was a huge JTT fan. Like Team Bop and Tiger, Tiger Beat, Beat yeah. that kind of stuff Ooh. had the had the pullouts and the posters. I would always ransack those and get as many uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen p- pictures as I could. Oh, out I was of them. gonna say, you looking and for those JTT posters there, Brandon? No, or I got some Tiffany dollars? Amber Thiessens, and those things lasted a good week before they were unusable. Wow. Um, JT, and then, he's eighty-one, baby. So he's what 35, 36 now. He's got some Dang. great in his beard. I'll he tell could you be that. on the show. He could be on the show. Yeah, damn, JT. I'm bring it. Let's go. I'm looking. Let's go. I'm looking at a picture of JTT from 2016. Oh, by the way, still a very handsome boy. Um, and <laughs> but it, the weird thing is, like all of his hair up top is like he's still got that real thick head of hair. You know what I mean? Um, real dark brown, whatever. He's good there. Uh, but his little stubbles he's growing, his whole beard is gray, and that's fucking weird because he's not old. How <laughs> it happens. Like, happens. Yeah, man. your boy. Your boy. Your boy got that gray face. He got an old gray beard now. <laughs> I got some gray in my beard. My like, give me, give me four or five years. It's gonna be good. Man, it's gonna be in there. Um. All right. So that adult Simba is Matthew Broderick. Very weird. Very weird. So Ferris Bueller himself yeah. is is adult Simba's voice. You say he's which very he's as, very which weird as now? the new king. Like his voice doesn't like doesn't hold a candle to James Earl Jones. Hell no, because James Earl Jones sounds like a fucking king, right? Like, yeah. He just like a dude just sounds like if I could do a James Earl Jones voice, which I think. I think you tried it one time. I think we it tried that one. Didn't once. go very well. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, we did Sandlot. We did read along <laughs> for Sandlot. Yeah, as a as a guy whose vocal registry lies like I don't know up the up in the top. Um, yeah, bad move on your part, guys. Don't fucking cast me as James Earl Jones ever again. That's funny. Um, yeah, but you, no, totally. Were you saying he's weird now, Caleb? Who? Matthew Broderick. What do you say? I I don't know. I just think it's weird that like listening to his voice now. Um, I don't want to go into it, but there was an accident that happened in like Ireland. 
I think it was, or the UK a while ago, maybe like 10 years ago. I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but like, I don't know. I don't find, I find him to be weird. Like, I really like him in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but that was like the peak of his career and it really hasn't gone anywhere. I like him in the producers too. I like the producers a lot. That's, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's not too bad in that, but. Mm Oh, what, you guys aren't down with that fucking 1998 Godzilla movie? No. Oh, Are you kidding God. me? No. Jimmy Page did a song with Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jack Black in that one? Which one's he in? He's in King Fuck Kong. Oh, yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's yeah. what he is. King Kong. King Kong. For sure. They just tried to get the most ape-like human. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this, this voice cast, um, we got Nathan Lane doing Timon, bringing that, that producer's team together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, I think that I read something about that that Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane actually never recorded together in this though. Not for like personal reasons or anything, it just kinda of never worked out, which is kind of a weird thing with them having a history of, of, of working together so much. That, that um, happens so much. So much. Yeah, for sure. Um a funny one, I don't know, did I bring it up earlier? This was this pre show that I brought up that I had no idea that Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean himself, did the voice of Zazu. Yeah, we talked about it off air, so the Royal Hornbill. Yeah, so that the Zazu, the the bird that, you know, the, the whatever Zazu everyone is, that's Roy Nackson. That's that's Mr. Bean himself. I never put that together until literally getting like bringing this, you know, looking this up for tonight. So it's so perfect. Like I can't imagine Zazu with a different voice either. Yeah, I mean, most of these people you can't, but like for yeah, him, like for that's sure. a per- it's a perfect voice for like the little it's a, goofy assistant guy. Yeah, and just kind of an irritating kind of like who no one likes Zazu. Zazu is annoying. Um, yeah, the only other bird with a more iconic voice is fucking Gilbert I- Godfrey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, let's see. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg did one of the hyena voices, Shenzi, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, Cheech Martin, who is Banzai. Marin. Cheech Marin. Marin. Cheech Marin. Mm-hmm. Martin, sorry. Cheech Marin was Banzai. Whoopi's huge at this point, too. Yeah. Like, oh, I, for sure. I, yeah. I was listening or watching again. I picked her voice out, and I was like, "Damn, she like yeah. that's a like a lower end role for her to take." In I mean, this, was... you know, in this film, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's it's no sister act, but let's... right. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Dude, she was huge back then. <laughs> no, she sister really Act's was. A good movie. I like She's a lot. monster. I, She's I, on I, I can uh, watch Star Trek, oh. right? Um, we've mentioned a couple times Jeremy Irons doing Scar. Um, what else has he done, guys? Give me give me some Jeremy Irons credits. Oh, uh, he was in Die Hard uh, with the Vengeance. Uh huh. He's like always a bad guy. Yep. He's yeah. He's oh, a is, prolific. Bad oh, guy. is he Alfred in the in the Batman versus Superman? Is he the new? Yeah, he's he the, the new, new Alfred? Alfred. Yep. Mm. Okay. And the Batman and uh, Justice League. Hey, should I should I watch that movie? I haven't seen those new Batman. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, that's what I thought. No. Okay. Yeah, wait for wait for like Justice League and see if you like that, and then maybe go back and watch that if you watch care it, about those watch, characters at all. If there's an extended version, watch that. I'll get fucked up and watch anything with Jason Momoa in it. So like at some point, that might be where I need to go. Justice League, uh, yeah, he, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Irons was in the Man in the Iron Mask. If you remember he that was. from 1998, didn't he win? He might have won uh, something for that. He was in literally the fucking worst movie I ever spent money on, which was the goddamn 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. By the oh. way, oh fucking yeah, watch. they had the fucking Wayans brothers in it. I think no, that's bad. <laughs> it was fucking um, awful. All right, last voice cast call out that I want to give is the is the final hyena, someone that we've probably mentioned uh, as far as a credit in Geek Squatch more than anyone else. Jim Cummings himself, the one and only. Like this guy's does 
If if you grew up, Probably. you listened to Jim Cummings' voice in many different, many different. Um, was he? Um, well, he was the guy that just left. That he was Ed. Yeah, yeah he was. He was exactly. the. Yeah, he was That's just kind of. Yeah, yeah. He's he's Ed, but he does a lot of he does a lot a lot of voice work that you guys recognize that we've brought him up many many times. Um, he's basically on retainer at Disney. They basically call him up and like, hey, we're yeah. doing this. You want in? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's he's Pete. We brought him up a lot in the Goofy movie. As he does the voice of Pete, and uh, he he's the Winnie the Pooh. Um, he's a few. He's a he's a few others for sure. We well, you call a, a guy like this because he's got such good range for like a goofy little thing. Oh yeah, it's like, hey, we got yeah. this little thing. We think it'd be good for it. Um, we just need you to make some noises. Uh, here's the character. He's like, okay, sure, and he just yeah, does. It. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it, this guy's he's a pro, such a pro. Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah, um, I. <sighs> What kind of sucks is like he does so he does a ton of cartoons and stuff, right? And has for years. He does a lot of animated stuff. Everything he does in Disney movies, though, I mean, aside from like the Goofy movie, which let's be honest, we all remember it very fondly. But that's not like a fucking like nobody's like, oh yeah, that Disney movie, a Goofy <laughs> movie, right? Like, I don't know. I so disagree, but but the weird thing is that like he voices weird shit. Like he was like guards in a bunch of movies. You know what I mean? Oh, just, yeah. Like he mm-hmm. just vo- he just voices like background guys. Oh, he just cashes those paychecks, man. Fuck yeah, dude! They all, hey man, listen. Once you get that fucking, once you get in that guild, dog. <laughs> like mm-hmm. at some point they gotta pay you scale. Let's go. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's kind of let's start. Let's start to wrap it up. Um, let's talk about the reception and legacy of the Lion King. How much money this thing made um, at the time of its release? It made. Um, let's see. At the its first opening weekend was the highest ever Disney movie opening weekend um, at the time, uh, or was it? Wait. I'm sorry, I'm reading that backwards. Uh, it's the fourth biggest opening weekend for a Disney movie at 40.9 million, but that slowly kept a climb, and it won- and at one point became the highest-grossing animated movie of all time. It's mm-hmm. been passed up by movies like Frozen and Zootopia and stuff like that mm-hmm. since. Um, but at the time, um, for after 1993, it became the second highest-grossing film of all time behind Jurassic Park. I mean, obviously, these numbers start to change a lot with like inflation and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and these and these rankings have changed a lot but you're talking about in 1993 it was the second highest grossing movie of all time this which is, is also the time i think and, and I, movies probably aren't always like this now but if you put out a good a, a, a quality you know family movie animated movie it's gonna make a fucking ton mm-hmm. of money unless yeah, you're the emoji movie. movie but you know yeah for sure. Uh, by the way, no. I mean, but, but also, the Emoji Movie has like horrible fucking reviews right now. Let's get topical. That movie fucking its opening weekend brought in bank. Yeah. It still makes a lot money. Of people, yeah, people saw it. They just fucking hated it. Yeah, they just like it's not going to continue to make money, but it makes enough. It pays the bills. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. Like animated movies are are definitely banks. Um, it currently sits at the 29th highest grossing film um, and the seventh highest grossing animated film of all time. That's baller, dude. It's crazy for a, for a movie in '94. That's mm-hmm. nice. For sure. So obviously, I mean, we all—it's no surprise at all that that the Lion King brought a movie. But it might be surprising to you that Lion King was produced by at the time what was considered Disney Animation's B team. Mm-hmm. The A team was doing Pocahontas. Hmm. Yep. So, oh. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting. They kind of um, they the projections for Pocahontas were way higher. Than what Lion King was, and ended up doing you know portions of what what Lion King ended up bringing in, um, yeah, in but reviews the cool thing, and money. 
Yeah, the cool thing about this being the B team, though, is, and I've seen like a lot, just a stupid amount of behind the scenes shit about this movie. So I'm going to paraphrase to keep it short. But basically, the really cool thing about B, about it being the B team is that they were afforded a lot more creative freedom, and mm-hmm. they were allowed to try a lot more interesting and like in like new and unique things, uh, which I think is why we got such just a like a stellar situation because they they allowed these artists and the and everyone to just. Mm-hmm. Go wild with it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of good animated, se- like the the whole wildebeest. Um, um, what do you call it? Stampede scene, yeah. like that was really cool. The whole opening was really cool, and I'd, I'd seen stuff like that before at a, in, in an animated uh, movie. So they they pulled mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of cool things off. We talked about Cloud Cloud Dad earlier. That's some amazing animation, yeah, Cloud Dad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so the Cloud Dad's great. <laughs> Um, it's remin- it's reminiscent of that like that like that that like sandstorm fucking tiger in Aladdin. You know yeah. I, mean? like, it's just, I remember I think about that and I'm like, someone drew that shit. That's Buck Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's a great scene. Obviously Lion King spawned uh sequels and spin offs and all that that we might be familiar with. I think as kids we definitely I, I know I watched uh, the Timon and Pumbaa cartoon Fuck yeah. on oh, Disney yeah. Channel, um which ran for eighty five episodes. Um and it was it was cool. I mean it was just the life of Timon and Pumbaa. So um, the original voice actor for Pumbaa stuck around, um, but Nathan Lane did not do voice work on Timon and Pumbaa. Um, the Lion King, they, they had two direct-to-video uh, sequels. Um, one was Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, which um, follows the story of Simba and Nala's first kid, um, first pup, uh, a, a daughter, and I forget her name now, and it's um, it's it's basically a rehash she like falls in love with a, another another lion that's part of followed like Scar's group that that broke off whatever. Um, lion King one and a half is really cool though. Have you guys seen this? No. Mm-hmm. No one. Mm-hmm. No one's seen Lion King one and a half. Lion King one and a half is it? It's the story of Lion King, but completely from the perspective of Timon and Pumbaa. So it's what were Timon and Pumbaa doing in the background the entire time during these Lion King scenes. So like they're at Pride Rock in the beginning, they're at they're they're different areas throughout, kind of having this interaction and kind of their budding friendship and their origin story before meeting Simba, and then obviously meeting Simba and, and after that some side stuff. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's Lion it's the Lion King story, but all from the perspective of Timon and Pumbaa, which hmm. is kind of cool. Um, there's a current um, run on the Disney Channel called Lion Guard. I'm not familiar with this really at all. Um, so, uh, I know, I know it's super popular though. Cause I know my nieces, I know like some, uh, some kids I know are into it. And the yeah. last time I went to Disney, I'm pretty sure it was, it was pretty prevalent last time I was over there. Um, Caleb, you're going to talk about the Broadway real quick. What have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen it. It's really good. Uh, it's, so they use like a uh, head, like, like masks that sit on people's heads to do some of the characters. And then they also use a uh, puppetry in the sense of, uh, you ever heard of Tibetan shadow puppets? So Hell yeah, yeah, they're really, really cool. They're a lot of them are attached in some way, shape or form, uh, to their operator. And, and they're, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's weird to see these 3d puppets and being manipulated, but it's also really impressive. And the singing's great. It's well worth your time. Uh, if you love the Lion King or even if you just like the Lion King, like to see people work these puppets, uh, is a mastery, you know. I mean, it's a master class in puppetry. Same it's a it's story. 
wildly successful Broadway play. Yeah, like, it's exactly yeah. the same story. There's no well, twists, turns, or anything. It's exactly the same. So you're not going to see anything different as far as story goes. Yeah, it, as far as Broadway goes, it is the third run, longest running show on Broadway that still currently shows. Um, and I believe it's it won like six Tonys, Best Musical, all kinds of different stuff. And and it obviously gets like a, a lot of off-Broadway um, deals too. Um, Tim Rice and, and, and John Elton did the the music for it as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's very, very popular. It's, it's, it's one of the most successful things to ever be on Broadway, yeah. which is pretty impressive. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so I just feel um, like Broadway has a fucking unnecessary amount of cat-themed things going on. <laughs> is, it, is it because all is it because all theater geeks are cat people? Pretty much, probably. Okay. Who's ever? Have you guys ever been to Broadway? Done a Broadway show like on Broadway? No, nope. no. It's cool. I've done two. I've done. I did the Newsies and the Book of Mormon. Like with the oh, original cast you're killing me. I would love to Broadway. see Newsies. It I can't was, wait to do oh, that episode of the show. Newsies was incredible. It was such a good Broadway. Um, mm. way, 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 way better than the movie. Um, all right, and then uh, scheduled for 2019 is the CGI remake that I want to talk about real quick because um, they're kind of following this up with this casting for this is as as impressive as the original casting of the movie, starting mm-hmm. with Sir James Earl Jones himself um, reprising the role of Mufasa. So Ameri- uh, American Sir Triple X. If he wasn't, <laughs> if if he hadn't passed on, if we didn't have him still on this planet. And they did not cast him in the CGI remake for The Lion King. I wouldn't go see it. I'll tell you that right now. I feel you. That's wow. fair. That's fair. Right. Like, how do you? How would you not I mean, do that? Who else? I think. Yeah. Who else? They would have to do that. Um, Simba is uh, Donald Glover. Beyonce Excellent. is Excellent. Nala. Okay. Um, wow. Billy Eichner, um, which you might know from like he's got like a is it True TV or whatever he does that Billy on the Street show. He's he's funny. He's a stand up guy and he does that. Yeah. He's the really um, angry but, gay man, Billy Eichner. He's yeah. hilarious. Him and him Seth so Rogen are Timon and Pumbaa. That's so good. So, yep. so good. Seth, Seth Rogen is Pumbaa in real life. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he is a warthog personified. <laughs> and and uh, Colin, you he's said you couldn't see Zazu you're right, voiced you're right. by anyone but Rowan Atkinson in that voice. How about John Oliver? It's pretty oh, good. Okay. It's pretty good. Right. There you go. Right. That's a good. That's yeah. I can. So he so looks like is, a bird. Good pick. Yeah, this cast is is shaping up really well, and I'm 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 excited about this. If you guys did, you guys see the the Jungle Book CGI? I did, and it was pretty good. I, I was impressed. The only thing that disappointed me was uh, Christopher Walken. No. Um. Oh, oh well, yeah, it's almost it's, almost it's almost like he's a fucking bad actor. <laughs> like mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but no. yeah, these uh these Disney remakes are a thing now that we're all dealing with, and as far as like them being money grabs, sure, whatever. Um, but I'm a big enough Disney fan that I'm giving them my money every time. I've seen Jungle Book, loved it. I saw Beauty and the Beast, loved it. I can't wait for Aladdin. I can't wait for Lion King. Um, they're coming, so it's their thing that we're gonna see. Hell yeah, which, which is kind of cool. I don't know what you guys' opinions are on these on these on these Disney CGI remakes or or just live action remakes. As a whole, are but I mean, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't participated, so I can't really comment. But I'm pretty excited. I mean, like John Favreau is fucking. I think he's directing this one, right? Yeah, he didn't. He did the Jungle um, Book as well, which like that's fine, whatever. I also, I mean, like, so we skipped over Scar, by the way. Uh, Scar, he's not like a, a a fucking big get as far as the name goes. This guy's name is, uh, and I'm gonna butcher it. Shywatel H four. Oh, he, oh yeah. wow, he's great. Yeah, he's a cool guy, and he's actually and he's fucking Nigerian. Was well, English Nigerian, but like, 
that's fucking awesome because it's it's really cool to see much like with the lion king um i mean i don't want to go with the whole like fucking seeing people of color doing things but like that's neat in its own but also like yeah dude throw it throw it to a dude who's got some african heritage like throw it to a guy that knows african shit he's also oh, shit. is he the dude in doctor strange is yes he the... yeah he has okay. gravitas that's the thing like he's an excellent yeah, absolutely. actor like, absolutely this has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that he's an excellent actor and absolutely it's just i'm now i'm super excited for this like i was excited before uh-huh. when we talked about the other people but i will see anything pretty much uh, that he he's is been in. in so much good he was in yeah. fucking amistad dude like oh my god like it yeah, does I like feel like guy. to me it feels like yeah maybe they're just doing money grab but at the same time it's been 25 years since Lion yeah. King came out so i mean that, that feels like long enough to me to to do to do another to take on it yeah that guy also, I just I knew I knew his face, and I was like, "What Serenity? He's the he's the bad guy in he's Serenity. He's the believer, yeah, the yeah, believer. He's he's the believer, the the faithful, or whatever they call him on there. Yeah, um, uh, he, he was yeah, also in a movie that's underrated. I don't know if it's any good, but I saw it in two thousand eight called Red Belt, and it's a, he plays a MMA fighter, and that's pretty. I thought it was okay. Nice, well, cool. Um, the one last we talked about most of like the the odd trivia things that I kind of brought up and wanted to make sure I noticed. But one that I that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet, which I think kind of is is worth mentioning, they screened this to Elton John a few weeks before opening the film, just a few weeks before before opening the film, and it did not include "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Mm. And he petitioned and lobbied and was like, "You got it, like I, you got to put that song in there." And they ended up re-adding that scene and that that whole deal. The Lion King was gonna air without "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." A few weeks before opening, and John Elton had to lobby them to put it back in, and that song went on to win the soundtrack song of the year in the Oscars. It's a great song, but at the same time, it does feel a little forced in there. I mean, that might be why. I mean, Caleb kind of brought that up earlier that that whole that whole time is really kind of forced or just kind of out of nowhere type of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, that might have a reason for that. Put it. You need to put it there or at the end. It wouldn't make sense Mm -hmm. at the end. So yeah. so I thought that was interesting enough to bring up. So, all right, guys, we talked to you about um, our favorite stuff about the Lion King. Please uh, tweet at us and let us know what you thought about the Lion King and your your favorite scenes that we did not discuss because there are plenty that we did not get a chance to talk about. But we hope we did it justice and we hope we gave you a reason to go back and watch it. Oh, Caleb or Colin wanted you wanted to quickly mention this whole Disney Vault um, shenanigans oh, yeah. and just, why I, you I, can't I, get on and watch the Lion King digitally right now so by the time you're listening to this most likely you're either waiting a week or you can already get to it but mm-hmm. um yeah disney does this weird thing where they make their their movies inaccessible and i i don't i don't have a list in front of me of, of what's currently in the vault um but it's really bizarre like i for the last couple of weeks because i've been looking for this movie for my family i just can't like i'll go to one of those you know the um, value racks or whatever of DVDs, and mm-hmm. maybe I can find a VHS, but I didn't, I didn't really look too hard for that. But you you literally can't find this um, no. physically just laying around anywhere. I mean, you can find it if you if you want to, you know, get it on eBay or somewhere else. Um, but they lock their their shit down. It's just it's just bizarre. Caleb, do you know more about their rationale? <clears throat> well, it's all control over the product, you know. Um, it's like to keep the value up. Yeah, like they want thing. the secondary market, I guess, to be. They want they're they're controlling the supply to increase demand, quote unquote, mm-hmm. so that you're willing to pay twenty five dollars for a Blu Ray of Cinderella, which is currently unavailable. It's in the vault. Um, Peter Pan is in the vault. Lady and the Tramp is in the vault. Sleeping Beauty's in the vault. The Jungle Book's in the vault. 
The Little Mermaid is in the vault, and The Lion King is in the vault. Uh, so those are those were released in DVD at one point, but then they got they stopped production right. for however long, yep. and then they'll re-release it again so they can charge a bunch of money. They yeah, they can basically maintain a premium or or I guess uh, not premium, but a standard Scarcity. fee for a DVD or a movie that is 20 years old, 25 years old, mm-hmm. because what are you going to do? You got to find it on, I mean, you can look on Amazon, you're going to see $30 for like a copy of the Lion King right now on DVD. Mm-hmm. The problem is in today's day and age is like, like, to be honest, I don't condone this, but you can watch this on YouTube. It's not, it's, it's pirated, but it's, yeah, it's, it's legal as fuck. It's there, but it's on YouTube. So, um, which is, how does that survive on there? Yeah. I don't know. It's not weird. long. Dude, I watched a YouTube video of a girl at a Denny's uh, giving a sweet, sweet four-second blowjay to her fucking waiter as a tip on you, like literally on YouTube. All right, like, dude, fucking YouTube's wild. All right, mm. it's all out there. Plus, <laughs> well, the thing is, you can. Um, I don't think that this vault business model is going to last too much longer. I think no. what they should do, which is go the route of HBO again and go back to a premium service where you can access all this stuff for free. Yeah. For do 13. the WWE Network and just oh like, yeah make make everybody spend ten bucks a month and you can get everything. I, I people will sign uh, up for that easy. Now they are doing stuff with Netflix. You can watch Fantasia on Netflix. You can watch some of their stuff, but then again they, they keep taking it away. So I don't know, man. It's a giant mess. They got to figure it out. Yeah, the the takeaway here is that Disney is such a such a juggernaut that you don't find Disney movies in the bargain bin at Walmart. Nope. Like you, you ain't about to buy, you ain't about to sneak sneak fucking drunk buy a copy of Lion King for four dollars at a Walmart. It's not happening. Yep. So there's that. I think it come becomes digitally available again on like August sixteenth. So like Colin said, you probably it's probably available very shortly after you're able to hear this anyway. Um, and you know you can buy. So the, that's the, why we're doing. It. We're celebrating the re-release. That's the exactly King. why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing it because we love Lion King and go watch it. And it's a great movie. So. Um, that's all we got, guys. I'm going to sign off. We're going to get ready for some Crypto Geekology and do some 20 questions and see if I have any luck stumping these guys with my subject. Uh, Alex, if you'll Probably turn around, not. tap Heather on the shoulder and see if she'll join us again. That'd be yep. great. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys here in a little bit. Alright guys, welcome back, and we are going to get into our Crypto Geekology 20 questions, and once again, we are welcoming back Mrs. Heather. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good. You are our, uh, kind of our lock. You are 3-0 right now, I believe? Yes. So, we we did not have Jamie tonight for the show, so we welcomed Heather again for Crypto Geekology because... She is a lock, and no one likes losing, so we'll see how this goes tonight. So what I do is I give, um, I hosted the show, so I give the rest of the crew a topic, and within the 80s and 90s, that they have to get the answer in 20 questions, and what we're doing tonight is a movie. So we'll go from youngest to oldest, which I think starts with Alex, then Heather, then Caleb, then Colin. So Alex, guess the movie. Shit. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> swig of beer. It's that easy, man. It's um, that easy. Yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. Guess that movie. Got it. It's definitely Home Alone 2. Um, <laughs> so, alright, here we go. Okay, tried and true. Was this movie made <laughs> after January 1st, 1990? No. Oh, fuck. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> movie. Alright. <clears throat> You're up there, babe. Babe Rooney. <clears throat> Is this movie animated? No. Live action 80s movie. All right. Okay. Is this... Down yet? <laughs> uh, it is. Is this movie an action movie? No. Okay. Mm, heavy sigh and then no. Take note. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, what I do is I always have I always have the IMBD up and I go off of their descriptions, which I trust. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, there's obviously probably an action scene or two, but it's not an action movie. I feel like Neverending Story. If I'm just if I'm just going to go crazy, is Neverending Story. <laughs> are there some good um, gunfights in this movie? There are not. No. Taint. No. Uh, is this movie, as so many were in the '80s, especially the late '80s, of the fantasy genre? It is. Ooh, fantasy '80s movie. Conan, Labyrinth. Never ending story. Never ending story. I would consider Conan an action movie, though. Willow. Yeah, there's Willow. a yeah, there's a good bit, of, good bit of action. Princess Bride, maybe. I'm, that's what <coughs> that's what I was thinking. Did we have that? I'm one thinking already? it's never ending story because it's no, technically not a show not an on Princess movie. Bride, but not a Twenty Questions. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, who's up? All right. What say uh, you, dear? I think it's Heather's turn. Okay. Is there a major animal companion in the movie? <laughs> there is. Oh yes. This might be, Did this we might get be there like a six already? Question game. Um, <clears throat> is there a luck dragon in this movie? <sighs> if you scratch behind his ears. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, By the way, can I just say? Can I just say? Call the shit after like two questions. <laughs> I know. How yeah, did you do really, that? What happened there? Like after the third question, he's like, "If I'm just gonna guess, like you had <laughs> '80s live action fantasy. That's all you had. Well, no, you didn't even have fantasy. There's not that many. I mean, well, there are, but they're the ones that we know that Brandon likes. That's the problem. Colin needs to give an official. No, question. no, wait. I got. I, I want to ask a question. Um, what was the <laughs> thing that were they were running from the entire time? It's been years since I've seen this. The movie. nothing. The nothing. Yes. The was nothing. there nothing in this movie? <laughs> yes, it was. These big, strong hands couldn't stop the nothing. All right, cool. Wait, so, wait, wait. Don't, Alex, you get to finish don't this Don't do off. it. We'll don't do it. Too. Let's give it to Caleb, because I have a question. Okay. I do, too. Keep passing it. Okay, you're um, question number nine. Yeah, we're going to double, double pass this. We're going to double pass this. Um... In this movie, is there an absolutely heart-wrenching scene in which someone oh repeatedly repeatedly bleats out the name of a shitty early 2000s new metal band? Artex. <laughs> Don't let the sadness get to you, Artex. <laughs> no, yes. It's a tr- yeah. Stupid. Atreya. Horse. That stupid horse. What do you got, babe? And then that shitty, grumpy turtle. Did our family adopt a dog that looked <laughs> identical to Falcor? I want to see pictures. Yeah, I'll have to send you pictures. She she really okay. does. Seriously. I've exactly. seen the dog, it looks like. All right, Caleb. I want like. that. 
Is this the never-ending story? Yes, it oh. is, you guys. <laughs> Damn it. I was so going to go like a, with a hard curveball <laughs> for you guys, and the last minute changed it up. Um, and I'll just spoil it. I, I was going to go fly the Navigator. Ooh, it's oh, that went tougher. And I was like, man, I don't know if I haven't seen it enough. If you ask like an abstract question about something involved in the movie, if I'd be able to for sure tell you. I've never seen but, it, like, so... Never any story yet. Oh, really? Hard yeah. times. Like I saw never any story in the theaters. The um, I want to say last year at some point, and I tweeted out, and the um, the princess Moonchild yep. retweeted me. Oh no shit! Replied Whoa. to me. Yeah, she replied to me. It was Aww. like my only celebrity interaction. Damn. What's up, yeah. Twitter? Right. And by the way, still hot. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. I mean, she was 12 in that movie. I was 12 when I was watching it, so yeah. it's fair. No, absolutely. Fine. That's that's absolutely right. okay. Put your pens and pencils away, children. 100%. 100%. All right, guys. Well, after that extremely quick uh, 20 questions, I hope you guys uh, played along as much as you could until Alex put the answer in your heads and you all knew it. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, we're going to get out of here tonight, guys. Uh, we want to thank Ninja Pancake, our podcasting network. Go check them out at ninjapancake.com and look up the rest of their podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Go look up Loot Shoot Lane, Bombshell Jackets, My Morning Coffee, and many others. Um, A lot of video game-centric stuff. A lot of just kind of cool, nerdy podcasts. Stuff that if you're listening to Geek Squatch, you can listen to that stuff for sure. Um, We want to give a big thank you to Speaker Freaks for our intro and our outro music go to speakerfreaks.com and check up check out some in some upcoming new tunes from them um coming out soon i hope um subscribe to geek squatch on itunes rate us leave us a comment give us some stars do whatever you gotta do um give us some feedback guys we appreciate it we love it we really want to read those out too so um we love listener feedback and any way we can interact with you guys. You can also do that by emailing us at podcast at geeksquatch.com. If you have any suggestions for shows coming up, any suggestions for our Geek Squatch Now that we'd like to do, anything going, coming out this year that you really want to hear our opinions on or reviews of, um, let us know what those are for us. Go to our website, geeksquatch.com, and you can follow us all individually on Twitter. Um, I'm at sesameseed one Alex at Wahirsch. Jamie, who we're missing tonight, is at Traffic Jamie. Caleb at Caleb MCC. Colin at Perkline. And Heather will stay um, private. She likes her three followers, and that's all she wants. That's it, baby. Correct? Let's keep it like that. All right, guys, we're going to say goodbye. Hakuna Matata, guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah.